Welcome in to another edition of the Cattails Podcast, the official Weber State Athletics Podcast. I'm Paul Grewell from WeberStateSports.com, and we uh, want to do as many of these interviews uh, over the next few weeks as we get an opportunity to talk with, with coaches and other uh, people associated with Weber State Athletics, and, and especially kind of how they're dealing with everything that's, that's been going on in, in our world right now. And, Today's guest, we're excited to talk to Jeremiah Larson, the head coach of the Weber State volleyball team. And Coach, uh, glad to sit down with you and, and, and chat today. Hey, it's going to be fun. All right. Well, if you're not familiar with Coach Larson, you should be, I hope. <laughs> he, he has been uh, with the Wildcats for five years. Can you believe that? Five years already. Yeah, crazy. Going on my six. It's, yeah. yeah. Time flies time when you're having fun. Has, has flown. He's guided the Wildcats to back-to-back winning seasons. Uh, three trips to the Big Sky Tournament. His last season was a very memorable year for the Wildcats. 26-9 and nine record. That's the second most wins ever in a season. They got to the championship game of the Big Sky Tournament. They advanced to the postseason play and, and had some success there. And we're going to get into all of that as well. Uh, he came in, in 2015 to Weber State. And uh, after a long career as an assistant coach, uh, he's coached at Utah State, at Missouri State, at Southeast Missouri. He was a head coach at Brighton High for three years. And we're going to have to talk about this. You led the Bengals to a 77-5 and record and a 38-0 record in region play. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad for a high school team. It was fun. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. Uh, a native of West Valley and also played four years for uh, the men's volleyball team at BYU, including a national championship team in 2001 so that's quite a bit of success so we're excited to talk about all these things but you know what let's start with everything that's going on right now first off how are you and your family and adapting to everything that's been going on yeah uh family's good i think they're about tired of me right now um it's not it's pretty rare for i think coaches be so be home as much as we are right now so I boy think it really is you, you think the difference of of you go from a lot to kind of stopping now and it's it's still working but different and now you're home a lot which is good but it's different isn't it yeah it is and and for sure working from home is is a challenge you know like when I'm home I usually try to I try and sometimes terribly like separate myself from from our job but now we're kind of have to do both and so so yeah it's a challenge doing recruiting over the phone and, and recruiting coming to a grinding halt after two or three weeks of us being out on the road. And then of course, spring coming down to a grinding halt with probably about a month left in our spring practices and scrimmages didn't even get a single scrimmage in this year. So it's been, it's a unique challenge, but, but that's what leadership is for is to, to help lead us through these, these tough times. You know, how, how do you connect with your players, the current players that are on the team, they're obviously in school, but online now, everything's online. And so I'm sure some of them have probably gone home, right? And, and how, do you, how do you try to connect with your players? Yeah, we, we had a couple kids decide they were going to head back to home. Um, a lot of them have decided just to stay here and hang out and, and, and be close to each other. Um, but yeah, it's a unique challenge. Um, for sure, we've done some Google Zoom meetings with our kids, um, a lot of text messaging, a lot of phone calls. Um, I'm pretty fortunate because I feel like our girls are, are pretty self-motivated. So the, the amount of time and effort we have in checking in on them and, and helping help motivate them is pretty slim right now. They're, they're pretty highly motivated. They're constantly reaching out to us to watch film through Google Zoom and, and try to get better through film review. And, 
and getting better with their volleyball IQ and that's when they can't get that physical coaching in. Yeah. I think everyone's getting pretty good at these Zoom meetings, aren't they? And they are. it's neat to have the technology to do it, but it has changed things. I was listening to some other interviews that, you know, maybe this going forward will even change recruiting for, for every sport maybe that maybe you don't have to ask actually perhaps travel as much. You can, you can do different things, maybe not as the same as it was, but there might be some things that maybe everyone will kind of adapt from what we're doing right now. Yeah, you know, we were talking about this the other day with as coaches. Maybe we we do like campus tours through through virtual <laughs> through, tours, through virtual yeah. tours more now than anything else. And so, yeah, it might be changing how often kids, how often we travel, and how often we bring kids in. But who knows? Right now, we just got to be ready yeah. for the unexpected. Well, there's so many unknowns of what's going to happen, and and it, with recruiting for every sport, it's like you said, kind of come to a halt. But you're still you're still able to connect. So do you try to connect with, with potential recruits and, and in what ways do you try to do those things? Yeah, we're, I mean, Kayla, Kayla's doing a really good job at putting forth uh, information through social media, making sure our presence known in there through Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and now TikTok. I guess that's the cool thing to do also. And so we're doing that. Um, we're also, I'm also on the phone. It seems like every single day with at least three or four recruits, we, with our success, our, our net has gotten wider. It's not just all Utah kids anymore. And we're getting a lot of interest from a lot of different really quality volleyball players throughout the country. And so talking to them and, and helping them even navigate the recruiting situation and, and helping them get a feel for us, something we're constantly doing. Every yeah. Time. Well, it's good that you have coaches like Kayla that can do TikToks, right? <laughs> we just, we just <laughs> turned it over to Kennedy Williams. and There you go. Yeah. Other players can do it. <laughs> but you try to be active yourself too on, on Twitter and other social media. And it's, it's such an important tool now to reach, uh, to reach recruits and, but also to fans and, and everybody. Yeah. And I mean, it just sends out a message that what we're trying to do. And I think it also gives you a little glimpse of our personalities and what makes Weber state so special. Yeah. Well, we're talking with Jeremiah Larson, the head coach of the Weber state women's volleyball team. who's had some great success uh, in his time at Weber state. So let's, let's go back and talk about your journey a little bit. And you grew up, obviously, as we said, in Utah, West Valley, and, and then went and played volleyball at BYU. But was volleyball always a sport that you loved growing up, or where did that love come from? Um, you know, it wasn't. Baseball, basketball, those were my sports when I was a young child. My dad, in, in the best way possible, forced me to play volleyball when I was six <laughs> years old. So my dad played a lot of county rec stuff and he fell in love with it. And a bunch of uh, friends and my fan, I got uncles that played. And so they would play every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. at a church. And we, he dragged me along and I, I was like, no, I'm going to be a shortstop or I'm going to be a point guard for the jazz. And, and he's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And so we, he taught me how to play volleyball at a really young age and around eight or nine, I really kind of fell in love with it, started playing club ball started playing in rec leagues when I was 12 with men started playing. And then I played club ball at twin peaks and Rocky mountain volleyball club. Um, and then got fortunate enough to get recruited. And my senior year, we were sixth in the country, my club team out of Utah and, and got recruited by BYU under Carl McGowan and got coached by some really, really good volleyball coaches and Carl and Hugh McCutcheon and Troy Tanner at BYU. And so mm -hmm. and just, 
from that, I learned that coaching was a love of mine. I loved to do coaching. So yeah, you know, there, there ha- obviously, you know, uh, uh, pretty much every school in the country has has women's volleyball, but there aren't very many that have men's volleyball. And so, how much volleyball is there for boys in high school and and in I guess in college? And what opportunities are there for boys? Um, I mean, in high school in Utah, it was when I was younger, it's it was really slim. There was USA Club. Um, they started like a high school rec league, which was, to be honest, average at best. But uh, USA Club was where it was at. And there was probably seven or eight of us that were really skilled. And um, But it was hard. It's an uphill battle. It's a, considered a girl sport. So when I quit playing baseball in high school to play volleyball, I was, I don't know, shunned, I guess, in some <laughs> ways, you know, because I was playing a sport that was made for women. But But I loved it and I was pretty good at it. But on the men's side for men's volleyball, it's extremely slim for Division One. Division One and Two, I think, are maybe 24 teams now, and so it's not a lot of uh, opportunity there. Four and a half scholarships for 15 or 16 players. It's pretty slim. So those kids who do go on and play college really do play for the love of the game and and really do love what they do because they're not getting paid a anything. Right. Right. Well, BYU has had tremendous success. And I think many of our, our fans have seen their, their teams on TV and been nationally ranked and one of the best in the country. And what was that experience like of of winning a national championship with BYU? I mean, it was unlike anything uh, as a player, I think it's everything you dreamed it would be, you know, Um, it was incredibly difficult. It's not like they made life easy for us. Um, And Carl, Hugh, and Troy, our our coaches were were extremely dedicated and knowledgeable, but they pushed you and they challenged you and and they made you a better volleyball player and a better person. And uh, and not just that, our teammates were some of the best people I've ever met. But man, the the practices we had, I often tell my, my players how intense and and uh, how intense we were toward each other and how we competed. And we're trying to foster that same type of culture in our gym, you know, that com- competitive environment where we, we push each other to be better. And because of that, we were a pretty resilient group of guys. So when we played UCLA, who won like 17 national championships, and we played them in the finals, um, I did, we didn't bat an eye. We, we knew we could take them down. We were extremely confident in our abilities, in our systems that we, we trained under, um, and in our coaches that they were going to give us the best opportunity to win. And so when we walked onto that court, we knew we could win and we swept them. And, and I don't think that has ever happened to UCLA. And, and so it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a wonderful experience and it, it gave me the foundation to be a, of what I do today as a coach. And also gave me friendships that to be quite honest, have lasted a lifetime that are my brothers. And they, a lot of, a lot of them still are coaching collegiately or in the club ranks. And so when we see them out recruiting and, uh, like it's just a it's a it's a brotherhood and it's it's relationships i'll never ever uh take for granted for sure yeah absolutely for sure so you graduated from byu with a degree in sociology uh in yeah. 2006 was was coaching something that you thought about when did you make that that plan to go into coaching so because we didn't have a lot of scholarships, um, we were able to, we did a lot of coaching during the summer to kind of um, earn money to pay for school. And our, our coach helped us do that. Carl put together opportunities for us to go out and do satellite camps pretty much all over the country. And I just kind of fell in love 
with coaching. I initially wanted to be a high school coach because I love teaching the game. Uh, and, and so we, I got, I fell in love with coaching. So after I was done playing, I got a unique opportunity to coach, uh, be an assistant coach at Lone Peak High School where I helped coach Deanna Meyer there for a couple seasons. And then I became a head coach at Brighton. And, and I think by year two or three, my wife was like, this is ridiculous. We, you need to get out of high school coaching. You're not getting challenged. Um, you're 89 and five or something like that. We were crazy good. And she's like, you're not the type of person that just sits back and becomes complacent. So let's challenge ourselves and you want to be in college. You want to coach in college. So let's do, do it. And so at that point I decided let's, let's take the leap, a leap of faith a little bit and see and put myself out there. And, and uh, it's been, I've been fortunate to be able to coach with some of the best coaches in the country and have wonderful mentors um, that are Olympic, Olympic caliber coaches and, and work for wonderful coaches that kind of taught me the, the tools of the trade of recruiting and managing rosters and, and motivating players. And, and from there, I don't know, like every day I'm, I pinch myself that I'm, I'm a volleyball coach. You know, there's a lot of stress, but at the end of the day, I, I love it. I love to be in the gym with my players and I can't imagine a better job in the entire world. That's awesome. Obviously you can tell the passion that you have for it. So you have an incredible career at Brighton High, as we said earlier, with a 38-0 record in region play. It's pretty good. And uh, some state titles. And, but then you go, as you said, a leap of faith into college, into college uh, volleyball. But it's, you have to go uh, across the country, really, to Missouri, southeast Missouri State. Yeah, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, on the banks of Mississippi River. Uh, my wife is from Missouri. She's from Springfield, Missouri, which is where Missouri State was at. And um, and so we were able to go closer to her home for a little bit and um, coach for Renata Nowaki, Nowaki Heard. And so she, she helped me a lot and get my foot in the door. And so I'm forever in debt for her to help, to kind of like trust me that I can help her program be better. And we, we won a championship there and, and uh, was kind of transformed that team into one of the best digging teams in the entire country. Yeah. And then Missouri State as well. And then you got back to Utah with uh, four years at Utah State. Yeah, coached uh, under Grayson DeBose there, who, mm-hmm. who I think is a wonderful person and a really good volleyball coach, and we were very successful there. Yeah. Well, what, when, when the time came that uh, you'd had that experience there and the Weber State job had opened up, uh, what were your thoughts? What was running through your head? Were you ready to be a head coach? Did you think that this was a, an opportunity for you? Yeah, you know, like, I think every assistant coach at some point thinks they want to be a head coach. And so I got to a point where I felt like, like, let's start dipping my toe in the water a little bit. And so Weber State opened up. It was a close, a close, um, a close proximity where I was at. And so I thought, what the heck, let's give it a roll. I'll be honest, like, part of me was like, I don't know how much I want to be there because they're incredibly unsuccessful up until that point. And there was always a perception of what Weber State was, which I think all of us fight as coaches here at Weber State, this perception of, of, of what Weber State is and how it's a lesser university and for sure a lesser athletic department. And when I met with the athletic directors at that point, Jerry Bovey and Amy Crosby, like um, you could tell that this was a, a special place 
Um, they build a wonderful culture for coaches to grow and learn. Um, and I also learned that they really valued volleyball, which was something that was went around quite a bit in the community that no one cared about volleyball at Weber. And so um, I could tell that they were upset with the, the level of what we were competing at. Um, they were upset that we weren't getting Utah volleyball players at Weber State because uh, they were going up to Idaho State and Idaho State was winning championships. And so I think they got irritated by that. And, uh, and, that, and that was appealing to me. I wanted people who had the same amount of passion towards my sport and towards success as I did and was willing to do about everything they could to help give me the resources necessary to, to build a program where we could be successful. Um, and so I, at that moment, I was like, oh, this is a special place. And so when they offered me the job, I, it took me a half a second to say, yeah, let's do so. Yeah, and it's been quite a journey. Uh, you know, as you look back on, on your first couple of years, you know, what did you learn the most in those first few years as a head coach? Um, that success wasn't a straight line. I think that's one of the best lessons I learned from that first season. That success is rarely uh, a straight line. It takes ups and downs, and sometimes you even go sideways a little bit. It's more of a roller coaster than anything else, and and uh, it takes time and effort. And um, but every little thing you have to find the silver lining that we were getting better every single day in the gym, and that we were developing a culture of success. But it doesn't always translate into wins and losses and um and i think in our job it's often it's win or go home kind of stuff but you had i think what it taught me was that you know, success isn't always about wins or losses but it's also about are we making the progress necessary to be successful in the long run yeah but it was not an easy lesson to learn because I, <laughs> I had an ego about me that hey i I was 75 and five at Brighton high school and we were good everywhere I've been and, and I'm going to be good here. And it just, the wins and losses just came. It was wins were a premium at that point. And, and we did a lot of hard work to get to really not get a lot of what the public would see as success. Yeah. You know, I think it's similar. We talked with coach Hill about, about this not long ago on a previous podcast, kind of a similar path for him uh, with football that, he came in, uh, there hadn't been success up to that point. He came in and, and had a rough year, his first year, you know, and, and I think it, he said it surprised him, you know, really that he thought, oh, I thought we could kind of get things going a little better. Or he had had success, of course, as an assistant, and a similar path to you. And, and so you, your first year was, was a little challenging in the win-loss column. But like you said, you could tell that the team was, that the energy was there, the effort was there, and, the, and did, did you stay optimistic that things were going to get better? Yeah, I was optimistic that uh, I, I thought we had a nice recruiting class coming in the next year. Ironically, the people that we just graduated with the exception of Ryland Roberts. Um, so we were, we were optimistic about the kids we were bringing in. Uh, we were optimistic about the kids that were staying inside of our program. Megan Thompson was probably one of the best middle blockers that I've seen in a long time. Um, and so we were excited about her. Um, but I was more excited with the fact that where our culture was heading, it went from a place where uh, clearly the players were not invested as much as they should have been to, so, to they started believing in themselves. I remember there was one time we were playing in the spring, 
my second spring here. So right after our first season, um, we competed against BYU. And I think we even took a set off of them at a, like a spring tournament. And at that point, after that match, our, I think we won like 32-30. And then we ended up losing the rest of the match. But I remember looking in the, our players' eyes. And, and for the first time in a long time, they actually started believing what we were preaching, that they were talented enough to be successful um, and that they were making progress. And, and it was kind of like some type of validation for all those, all those, that hard work that we, we were putting into that we didn't feel like we were getting any type of uh, reward for it whatsoever. And so it, it, it warmed my heart that these kids who were working so hard for a complete unknown was starting to get some type of reward for all their hard work at that point. And so, yeah, we were optimistic about uh, the, the next fall. And we started out pretty well, I thought. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the last few years have made it to the Big Sky Tournament and had a lot of success this last year. 26 wins last year. Um, amazing year. It was, it was special. I've, I'll say it forever. Like, that was one of the most special teams I've ever, I've ever been a part of when it comes to being their coach. And it was an honor to be part of what they did. It was, it was truly impressive. You know, you, you went to the NIVC tournament and won two games in that postseason tournament as well. Lost in the, in the championship on a tough fifth game or fifth set in the, uh, against Northern Colorado in the Big Sky tournament. But, uh, well, as, you know, as you said, you look back on this team. What, what was it about this team that you think you'll look back on years, years down the road? And, and what was it so special about this last year's squad? I mean, our seniors were special. Um, I mean, the whole team was, was awesome. Um, but our seniors were pretty special. The thing that I'm going to take home forever and ever, and I've, I've written it down so many times, is they sacrificed so much. They sacrificed of themselves. Um, we had three outs, left side hitters in Kennedy Williams and Rylan Roberts and Danny Nay that were, were kind of constantly rotating. Um, that doesn't happen in volleyball. In basketball, you get kids, you put kids in and out, and and sometimes you play with a, or even football, you play with a, a lot of kids get playing time. In volleyball, it's pretty rare. It's pretty hard to find playing time in certain positions like outside hitters and middle blockers. And so, I mean, you're kind of just set in those situations. And, um, but there was many times uh, one player was struggling on the outside and Kennedy came, Kennedy came in and saved the day for us or Rylan or Danny. And the same thing can be said about Sam she's Hannah Hill Young and, and Aubrey Saunders Adams like they were they did the same thing and the, the best thing I loved about them is when they had a rough night and we pulled them out and we put a, one of their teammates in they were incredibly supportive of each other and they wouldn't they didn't pout they didn't mope they were they understood what we were doing and they they sacrificed their own egos for the betterment of what's what was best for the team and for sure, there was outside people often talking about how maybe they got the raw end of the stick, but they never let it, never let it affect them. They were there for one purpose, and that was to be there for their teammates, to be there for the overall success of the team. And I think that's extremely rare in our society and in athletics in general. And it's a lot about me, me, me. We, they were all about we, in a way, you know, they're all about us and finding ways to win. And, and that's something that I think, I mean, even Ken, Katie, now that I think about it, even Katie Irwin and Elena Curry, they were also someone that 
oftentimes we, we made position changes with them and, and never once did they ever show animosity to each other. It was all about what can I do to continue to get better? What can I do to support my teammates? And I just, I mean, that's a special team. That's a special group. That's a championship level culture that they've developed. It wasn't so much me and Kayla and Matt, it was them and who they were. Their character shined through in those times where it was, where it was tough. Yeah. Such a fun team to watch. And, you know, you get in some of those games the last few years, the atmosphere there at the Swenson gym is electric, you know, especially yeah. when it's a close game and, Boy, it's it's such a fun atmosphere, and, and it's it's got to be so neat for you to see that that payoff now the the success and to see the engagement of the community and the and the fans. Uh, when when the Swenson is close to full to capacity, if there's 800 900 people there, I mean we have opponents that say this is it's a, it's a hard place to play because it's loud. The the fans are right on top of them. Um, I can barely communicate on the court to our team because I have to just yell and. And when Megan Knighting gets a sweet block and the crowd just goes out of control, like it, there's, there's, it's a pretty electric atmosphere yeah. to be a part of for sure. I'm, I'm always so amazed at the athleticism of, of volleyball players. They just are amazing. The, the, the amount of, you know, jumps and the, and, the, and the effect that it has on their bodies, but boy, they're amazing, amazing athletes, aren't they? Yeah. I often say like, we're probably the most, I mean, I don't want to, feel like a superiorist in any way, shape or form to other sports. But man, I mean, the things that our girls can do, we have, we had six players last year that touched 10 feet. They could literally hang on the basketball rim. And then I, wow. and then there's three other girls that were an inch away from it. And so, I mean, just the, the fact, I think the lowest kid on our team is touching nine feet, nine, nine feet, 10 inches. I mean, that's just, that's pretty impressive for a woman to be able to jump that high I think our highest was 10 feet, 10 feet five. And wow. so like the, and so then the athleticism that they do, that they do 30 inches off the ground. I mean, Megan Knighting is one of the most athletic kids I've ever seen. And the stuff she does in the air is, is pretty impressive for sure. Yeah. Well, just a few more minutes with uh, coach Jeremiah Larson, the head coach of the Wildcat volleyball team. And, it's a hard sometimes I know to answer this question, but as you look back on your five years at Weber State, do you have a memorable win or two maybe that stands out the most to you? You know, my, my first win was always a special one. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That <laughs> <Probably because laughs> was good to get that first one. Yeah. yeah, the first one under my belt was a good one. Um, but ever since then, I think, I think the one that we, we never beat Sacramento State. I, ever since I've been here, Sacramento State was a – was a was a win that eluded us. Um, we competed really well against them and would lose tough matches. But going into their place this year and sweeping them, and I think we beat them twenty five seven in the first set. Um, and they were playing well. We were just we were pretty flawless. Um, that was a game that I'll never forget because it was the first one we got, and it was at their home court, which is extremely hard to play in their facility. Um, that was a big one. Um, for sure a, a tough five gamer against NAU two seasons or three seasons ago. And, and last year, a five game or two seasons ago with Northern Colorado, a five gamer at their place. It lasted probably about three and a half hours. That was a, those are ones that I'll remember because we just grinded, we just grinded through all the ups and downs and found ways to win. Yeah. So many of them are, there are grinds, aren't they? If you grind yeah. through those, especially when they're long, long matches, well, you've had opportunities to, uh, to, to leave and to probably move on to other, other things, but 
you've chosen to stay here and you signed a, just signed a four year extension in, in February. And I'm sure you're looking forward to, uh, to the next year and can't wait to get going again. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I stayed here because of my players. My players are, are some of the best people I've ever been around. So I'm pretty, I feel lucky and fortunate that the administration here wants me around for a little bit longer. Well, we're glad to have you too. Uh, tell us about your family. You have some young kids, right? Yeah, I have, I have a son that's 12, another one that's nine, and then a five-year-old daughter. And, and yeah, we live in Layton and, and we love every minute of it. Have you been uh, watching you know, watching lots of shows, movies, and things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cartoons. Right now is like, okay. Is what we're living in right now. Yeah, a lot of cartoons. Um, my wife has been pretty uh, active and trying to keep us off TV and playing a lot of card games and and board games and do puzzles. So we've been trying to interact with each other, but sometimes um, kids just want to go watch some shows and we want to do that with them. <laughs> yeah. It's the new norm, I guess. That's right. Well, we appreciate your, your time today on the cattails podcast. Great to listen to, to listen to your stories, your memories and your, your coaching history. And the, the job you've done is, is tremendous. You can follow coach Larson, by the way, at two tall Larson, right? That's right. Isn't that an awesome any, handle? Yeah. Any uh, reason behind that handle? It's called irony. Cause I'm really not very tall. <laughs> All my players make fun of my height. So it only makes sense that I, I make a I make a handle. It's, I'm just too tall. That's the yeah. It's probably hard when you're recruiting all these players that are taller than you, huh? Uh, I don't know if it's hard. I, what I make up, I always <laughs> I always tell some of my players what I lack in height, I make up in my amazing personality. But they all laugh at me because they know that's not true. There you go. There you go. Too tall, Larson. <laughs> Too tall. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Uh, but also, Coach, we wish you the best through all this time and hope to to get back to volleyball, I'm sure, very soon. And what are you most excited about for this upcoming season? I mean, I'm excited to see what we Tell do. us about the group you have back. Yeah. yeah. So we lost five players, and um, but we're returning Danny Nay, who was the freshman of the year last year for the Big Sky. Um, we get a girl named Emma Mangum, who transferred from Southern Utah, had to sit out a year. Um, she's a fantastic athlete. Hopefully she fills in wonderfully for Megan Knighting. Um, our setter returns, who's first team all-conference, Ashlyn Power, who I think is one of the best setters and nationally ranked in assists. Um, Sam Sheese comes back, who was defensive player of the week, I think multiple times last year. And so we, we got a good group. Rylan Roberts comes back, who's a wonderful outside hitter, was named to the all-tournament team in the Big Sky Tournament. I mean, we, but we have some holes. We have a middle blocker hole we have to fill. Um, we have a libero role that's been vacated, which hopefully some of our incoming kids next year will be able to fill wonderfully. Um, and so I'm excited to see about the new blood and what they bring to our, to our culture and, and continue the, the course that we're on and hopefully get that eluded Big Sky Championship one day. What's, what's your favorite thing about coaching? And I will give you the last word for that. And what's so special to you about being a coach? Well, that's a loaded question. My favorite thing about coaching um, is to teach. I love teaching life lessons. I love teaching the skill of volleyball. There's, a, there's so many wonderful things to be taught about who we are and, and watching our players grow as women. Um, they grow confident in themselves, and that's an awesome thing for me. I always say my biggest success will be able to see them grow up to be strong, confident, independent women. And uh, that 
I probably would leave as the most favorite thing I like, I love about my job. The most favorite thing I love about coaching is to watch uh, my athletes grow as people.